1: So yeah, now it's clean up on aisle 45 time. And for a long while yet, it is going to be clean up on aisle 45.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 43 of Clean Up on Aisle 45. We're just two weeks away (laughs) from episode (laughs) 45.
1: (laughs) 45 Inception. We should have some kind of party there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we definitely should. Maybe we should talk about having another live Zoom call or something. Absolutely. That would be fun. 45-45. All right. It's Wednesday, November 10th. I'm your co-host, Allison Gill, and you might have heard something in the background. Uh, <laughs> that would have been Andrew Torres with me now and forever.
1: Absolutely. Never to leave you again. Uh, and <laughs> but But before we do anything else, we have to shout out our amazing patrons will help make the show possible by going over to patreon.com slash aisle45pod. And you're so smart, I'm not going to spell it out for you. It's aisle with an A. You know that. And signing up for as little as a buck an episode, you get uh, the shout out on the show. You get the ad free feed. You get whatever other goodies we decide to uh, send your way. And this week we are shouting out Trixie, Jordan A. Patterson, and uh, one quick ad, which is Need carpet cleaning in the area of Cedar Rapids, Iowa? Contact Pioneer Cleaning Systems to get steam cleaning at a great price.
0: <laughs> I love hey? how we've sold advertising for a buck an episode. Yeah, a dollar. <laughs> That's it. You could not
1: four quarters and you got a, you know, voice talent read. You, you,
0: you cannot get that uh, that kind of quality anywhere else on the what internet. What a fun loophole. That's right. One dollar. <laughs> And we'll even read your Patreon name as an ad if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well
1: enough enough of that. We love our patrons. Thank you so much. You are what makes the show possible. But uh, yep. I think it's time to uh, get over to the A block.
0: All right, A block. A is for AG. So Andrew, <laughs> and it's also for Andrew. There you go. Uh, Lots uh, of a's. Back back in January, January 11th to be exact, nine days before we launched this show, you predicted that the former guy, Donald, was going to go to prison in Georgia. And if I recall correctly, you said that this was a relatively straightforward slam dunk kind of case.
1: I, I did. And it is. OK, so uh, it, there, there are lots of potential crimes with which the former guy could be charged. Um, but the easiest one. Right. And, and the easiest serious one is Georgia Code 21-2-604, which says, A person commits the offense of criminal solicitation to commit election fraud, right? Solicitation in the first degree when, with the intent that another person engage in conduct constituting a felony, he or she solicits, requests, commands, importunes. That's a great word. (laughs) Or otherwise attempts to cause the other person to engage in such conduct.
0: Mm. Uh yes, so quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, I think, was involved in this. No, yeah. Uh, so that seems, and you and I have talked about this. That law seems to have been written for what happened in Georgia yeah, with Donald. Right, right. Uh, and it has a couple different elements to it. Uh, the first. Uh, is, you know, did Trump solicit, request, command importune or otherwise attempt to cause Brad Raffensperger, not Ben Roethlisberger, to change the Georgia election results? Kind of feels like the answer is yes.
1: Yeah, it is. Right. So, look, we have the transcript of that call. <laughs> and on page
0: 14. A Trump... call. Yeah. It was a perfect call. Yes. It was a fantastic. It was a beautiful call. There's nothing wrong with that call. They're,
1: they're all perfect. Yeah. But, but Trump starts in with his mafia routine against Raffensburger. He says. Hey, I'm asking you, I don't know, Brad, I got, I have to find 12,000 votes and I have them times a lot. This is, this is the way our actual former president used to talk. So seriously, if you're still in the doldrums about, uh, you know, Joe Biden, and remember we used to have a president who said, quote, I have to find 12,000 votes and I have them times a lot. And therefore I won the state. Okay. Uh, and so after that multiple times, he says stuff like, so what are we going to do here folks? I only need 11,000 votes. He, you know, forgot. It's like 11,790, but, you know, whatever. He wanted to round down there. Goes, Fellas, I need 11,000 votes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and Trump, devil's advocate, sort of. Yeah. Um, but also I'm going to be advocating against him. But Trump does believe this. He really thinks he won Georgia by 400,000 votes or whatever. Right. Let's say that. Let's say Trump really believes that. So does that make this crime harder to prove? Can Trump just stupid his way out of this the way Trump Jr. was stupided his way out of criminal liability in Trump Tower meeting? I don't I don't think so, man. I don't think you can (laughs) I don't think you can believe you won by 400,000 votes, but just ask for enough to 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 change the election over to you. That that to me shows that you know what the fuck is going on. That
1: and, and that intuition is exactly right. And it is part of the interlocking Georgia statute, 21-2-562, right? So 604 is what Trump is guilty of. uh, But you have to want to induce a public official to also commit a fraud. So what fraud did he want Raffensperger to commit? 562, which is fraudulent entry. And it says, any person who willfully inserts or permit to be inserted any false figure in any And then there's a list. It's like 58 different things to make sure they didn't leave something out. Voter's certificate, affidavit, tally paper. You know, it goes on for like six lines or other record or document. Just so just so they made sure they got everything.
0: I like how they name everything. And then they They, say and also anything else, just in case. Anything authorized or required to be made in connection
1: with any primary or election. Right. So any false number. On any document in connection with any election is guilty of a felony and shall be imprisoned for not more than 10 years and fined not more than $100,000. Uh,
0: and I was just a question for you. What do you mean by interlocking? It just means like another yeah. rule under the same statute. Oh, yeah.
1: I, it, I meant I meant because 604 requires you to attempt uh, to uh, solicit, solicit, or... solicit that somebody else commit a felony. So then the question is, what is the felony that you are soliciting? And Ah. here, the felony that Trump was soliciting is the 562 fraudulent entry felony.
0: Any false figure. Yeah. Whether you believe it or not. Yeah. So As as long
1: as you know that number is false.
0: Right. Okay. So if he truly believed that it was exactly 11,780 votes that he lost by, he might have a defense here. But because he doesn't truly believe it's only that number that's the false number that's what makes it false right right right
1: so even so so look the very first thing you would do right is put on evidence. because i mean trump isn't going to take the stand so you're not going to get the opportunity to you know uh to cross-examine him Uh, but you will put on evidence uh and 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 there is evidence in the call right mark meadows floats floats this twenty one thousand three hundred ninety four figure right like that there is evidence that, that Trump may have believed any number of things, right? Like his words are, I won by a million votes or 400,000 or whatever, right? But, but at no point does, does he say he believed that he won by the number that he wants Brad Raffensperger to enter.
0: And, no, and in fact, <laughs> he goes on to say it's just one more than we need. He yeah. like even says that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Adding the vote totals is a felony. Inserting a number you know is wrong is a felony. And what Trump is doing is asking Raffensperger to insert a number they both know is wrong. And there you have it. That's that's it. We're done. Open and shut case for why Trump intentionally solicited, solicited requested, committed, or otherwise attempted to cause Raffensperger to commit a felony. That is entering the false number.
0: So now the question has been. I've got a couple questions here. <laughs> uh, first of all, what's taking so long? And and I right. I I know the answer. To that is I've answered that questions a million uh, that question a million times on Twitter. But also, uh, and i you know maybe we'll get into this in in a bit. But I know for a fact that that Fonny Willis has hired Rico experts, racketeering <laughs> experts, and and this just this one you know, uh, 562, 604, 604? Is that right? 604, yeah. 604, 562. uh, That's not RICO, right? That's just a straight-up felony. Yep. Uh, And so, I mean, you know, how how do you... First of all, how do you see this going? Do you see this going as here's just this felony and then maybe uh, going forward for, you know, looking at RICO? But again, also what's taking so long, New York Times reported over the weekend, huge story, that... Mm -hmm. That Fannie Willis is moving toward convening a special grand jury. Of course, everyone shows up. Oh, moving toward considering. How about you just do it? You know, and it's like, yeah, okay, that's what it means. She's going to do it. She's going to panel a special grand jury in this criminal investigation of election interference by Trump and his allies. And that she both, one, opened her inquiry in February, and two, her office has been consulting with the White House 1-6 Investigatory Committee, whose evidence is and could be of considerable value to her investigation they have been i remember when she was asked like a couple months ago are you going to cooperate with the committee are they cooperating with you and she smiled like i sure hope so right. <laughs> like they have a lot of <laughs> rad stuff that i could use yeah and
1: and and it, that goes back and forth so so the 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 time story explicitly says that at least some of those delays are are due in part to that cooperation by and between ms willis's office and the one six commission um it, the RICO stuff is, is really interesting. Um, I, I am focused on the six Oh four because of the slam dunkiness of it. Right. The like ease, it, 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 right. It, it, yeah. Um, but, but there are two things that you need to know here, right? The, the first is, um, that a lot of the heavy lifting on other potential crimes and six Oh four, um, has already been done by a, by a report by the Brookings institution, by my, yeah. my, my former yeah. partner, Norm Eisen. Um, that report concluded that, that Trump's conduct in Georgia put him, quote, at substantial risk mm-hmm. of possible state charges, including racketeering, election fraud solicitation, intentional interference with the performance of election duties and conspiracy to commit election fraud. Um, th- those are harder cases only because of how easy the 604 case is. Um, and, and, you know, just if you want to prove Trump is a criminal and belongs in jail, like to me the six o four is the, the 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 shortest path um it, the Can you' other... <laughs> start with the six zero four and then keep looking and then have a superseding indictment absolutely yeah, yeah that's what i would
0: do that's what that's what i would do too so you know we'll 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 find out Right. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, And and we've heard the term special grand jury. Gosh, somewhere before New York, uh, (laughs) you know, they had just they had convened in May a six month long special grand jury that was meeting three days a week. And uh, they just in in New York have decided to uh, do another one. Uh, They're going to do another six month special grand jury. Uh, And in Georgia, I know that the grand jury rules, I don't know if they're different, how it works, but why? Uh, a special grand jury here,
1: yeah. And, and and again, every state's a little different. In Georgia, you have two grand juries that are currently sitting in Fulton County. Um, they have the power both to issue subpoenas and to hand down indictments. Uh, but, you know, Covid, um so uh they're super backlog the times says that they have more than 10,000 potential cases uh in, in their backlog. So you don't want to rely on them to get the information that you need especially if you want it in a timely way. What you do then is you go to its Georgia code 15-12-100 um and that allows any elected public official including Fani Willis to request that the judges of a superior court impanel a special purpose grand jury. Sixteen to twenty three people. And then that special purpose grand jury can compel evidence, subpoena witnesses, inspect records and may require the production of the same. Um, and, and, And so you go to them to get your information.
0: Ah, so they do all the gathering and and investigative work like that. And uh, yeah, all the records and reads, but they can't indict, right? That's the one thing they can't do, this special grand jury in Georgia.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: They would have to go back to one of those regular grand juries. Would she be able to cut in line or do they have to wait yeah. for the chance? T-
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, she, it will let you cut to the front of the line. But what you don't want to have to do is you don't have to rely on the regular grand jury to subpoena the witnesses and, and the documents. Um, you just put your presentation together. Grand juries are ex parte anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And you come to mm-hmm. them and say, hey, look, like, we got a case ready to go. You give us the thumbs up, thumbs down on, you know. President One, that we would like to indict here.
0: <laughs> President One, <laughs> I wonder who it could be. Oh, it be like, people looking at the redaction bars, like trying to figure yeah. out how many letters it is, um, like we did for so many things in the oh, Mueller gosh. investigation. Yeah.
1: We, had a, we had a we had a not bad record on trying to decipher You're length of uh.
0: Very correct. We did really well. <laughs> Anyway, so so, you know, Raffensberger has done the book tour thing, so it seems like we have a pretty good idea of what his testimony would be, because in the book, he says, for the office of the secretary of state to recalculate, quote unquote, would mean we would somehow have to fudge the numbers. The president was asking me to do something that I knew was wrong and I was not going to do that, he writes in his book. Uh, wow. What a eloquent writer. And then <laughs> that I mean, seriously, the president was asking me to do something that I knew was wrong. And I was not going to do that <laughs> on my
1: on my way to feed troubled orphans in inner city, Atlanta. I uh, had yeah. to stand up for truth, justice in the American way. <laughs>
0: and then as yes, wherever there's injustice, we'll be there. We are the whatever uh, as testimony for intent, though. Because get this, Raffensperger writes, I felt then and still believe today that this was a threat.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and look, you know, Raffensperger's self-serving nature here is, is going to help us. Right. Because yes. it, it, it does not work well with your book tour about how you're the last honest Republican in the, the universe uh, to then, you know, decline to show up uh, at, at the uh, at the prosecution. So I, I, I feel like, uh, he's going to make a good witness. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, it, 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 uh, you know, as, as we've said, I expect this will be way more wide ranging. Um, you know, you, you talked about Rico. Uh, we haven't talked about the fact that, um, Willis brought a successful Rico case. Uh, Yeah. I talk about
0: this all the time, right? (laughs) Because the that that went that that cheating in the education system. They were you know they were they were administrators were cheating uh, for their students so that they could pass uh, so that they would you know they look good because they got judged on how the kids did, and they found that out in two thousand and nine. Right. And then in 2013, yep. indictments came down and then 2014 was a trial. and They were convicted in 2015. I mean, that's five, six years, you know. Um, and, you know, Fannie says, I always tell people when they hear the word racketeering, they think of the godfather. <laughs> uh, but she explained that RICO also extends to otherwise lawful organizations that are used to break the law. If you have various overt acts for an illegal purpose, I think you can. You may get there. And Ms. Willis, like you said, brought that successful RICO case uh, with the Atlantic Public Schools, yep. right? It, but it does take a really long time.
1: It, it 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 does, and you know, and I we've we we have both made the it's never RICO joke, but like it 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 would be shocking to have somebody who you know <laughs> the the uh, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I mean, it would be it would be shocking to have somebody who has experience in precisely this area to to not you know look at the degree to which uh Trump gathering together you know a circle of folks to talk about the the different ways in which they're going to bring a multifaceted press mm. to overturn election results uh you know and kind of letting Mark Meadows coordinate all that uh, that that I, again not a prosecutor that that sounds pretty y to me so you know we'll we'll uh, We'll be following this.
0: Yeah, we will. Um, And that's why our show will keep going. <laughs> uh, well, let's get the yeah.
1: 604 first. Then, <laughs> then, then get some superseding indictments. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I'm with you. I think, you know, she does a special grand jury. She subpoenas Raffensburger and anybody who knows about the Raffensburger call and about that specific thing where he asked for 11,780 votes and he wanted to do the falsifying to that whole thing. Yep. And then go ahead, indict, bam. And then... You know, maybe keep looking at Rico if you want. That's what I. That's what I. Now, I think that would probably to subpoena Raffensperger, have it done. Well, I think we're probably looking at like February, March, something like that. I,
1: I, I think I think that would be fast based on what we've we've heard. But uh, I would, yeah, I would love to see it. I mean, look, like the 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 risk is, <laughs> you know, I I have I have been among the the staunchest advocates of, you know, let prosecutors do their job. The wheels of justice churn slowly. I, I I am concerned about the ongoing Republican Party's efforts to gaslight the American public about what actually happened on one six. And I feel like every day, you know, we we lose another couple of folks that, uh, you know, uh, tune into Tucker Carlson or whatever. So,
0: I, yeah. It, Hell, it, they're gaslighting us on the Russia investigation yeah. still, you know. Yeah.
1: So. Yep. Anyway. so. So that's All what right. we're up against
0: yeah, and it, it always has been. it'll continue to be. Um, and there's just so much to clean up. <laughs> so I think we we picked a good show topic, honestly. Um, but uh, we'll be right back. We're gonna, we got more cleanup stuff. And then, of course, we have a really, really robust comings and goings this week. I'm very excited. <laughs> so uh, a lot of comings. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that uh, after this quick break. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's Allison Gill, the host formerly known as AG. Today's Cleanup on All 45 is brought to you by Feels CBD. As you know, CBD isn't about what you feel, it's about what you don't feel. You will not feel stress, anxiety, or pain. And keeping a clear head and feeling great is easy with Feels. No hangovers or addictions. If you haven't tried CBD, I highly recommend it. Feels CBD is safe and organic. And has helped me sleep better. It's reduced my anxiety and it's lessened my soreness and pain, especially after workouts. Just put a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. I feel calmer. My muscles are less sore after the workouts, like I said, and my mood is lifted and I can fall asleep more easily at night, which is nice. Deliveries are hassle-free and delivered directly to your door without a prescription necessary. You can call their free CBD hotline. This thing is amazing. They help you find the right CBD dose for you. I love that I can call somebody for that. And the Feels monthly membership makes self-care simple. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. It's real easy. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash cleanup, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's huge. That's feels, feal scom slash cleanup to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping included. Again, feels.com slash cleanup. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, Andrew, remember a few weeks ago when Biden and the Department of Veterans Affairs wrote a new policy allowing anyone who'd been discharged from the military for sexual orientation before, during, and even after, don't ask, don't tell, to have access to the full benefits that veterans (laughs) get, right? Uh, Well, we have a new cleanup. For the LGBTQ plus community this week. Awesome. And this is that more same sex couples who weren't able to get married due to now overturned laws will now have access to Social Security survivor benefits because the federal government has dropped its own appeals in a pair of (laughs) court challenges.
1: Yeah. No. And this is this is huge uh, for, for those folks. So a pair of federal judges in Washington state and Arizona ruled last year. That the Social Security Administration should approve survivor benefits for certain same sex spouses who didn't meet the program's marriage requirements because they were prohibited from getting married. Uh, And then the, you know, former guy uh, appealed both of those decisions and then uh, the, the new guy. Evaluated those appeals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the Department of Justice and the Social Security Administration dismissed them, dismissed those appeals Monday. Uh, So it's and, you know, we've seen a lot where a lot of instances where this Department of Justice has sort of picked up a mantle from previous like Bill Barr decisions and said, all right, we're going to keep this. Uh, but, But this is one where they're like, no, we're throwing this away. Um, So they brought those cases to an end. uh, And that's according to Lambda Legal, which is an amazing LGBTQ rights group that initially filed the lawsuits three years ago. Andrew, So,
1: look, these were these were good decisions. Last year's rulings had already extended benefits to people who were married for fewer than nine months before their spouses died, as well as people who never got married but applied for survivor benefits by last November. So Monday's dismissal means anybody who couldn't get married and had not yet applied for benefits can still receive them.
0: That's so great. It's yeah. it's and it's so important. And I, I love how some of these decisions, some of these cleanup decisions, are are just sort of a a deciding not to do something that was being done. It's yeah. so easy to undo. Yeah. It, you it, know? it it really is this is
1: this is the ongoing theme. We've been talking about this for weeks where, you know, it is what gathers headlines is legislation, but you know, there, there is just so much going on kind of behind the curtain. And, um, you know, hopefully our show pulls back that curtain a little bit. I, I, I think we're still, you know, not, uh, not afraid to, to, uh, to criticize the administration when they're, you know, moving too slowly or not moving at all, or they've screwed up. Um, but, uh, but there's, there's a lot of good that's going on that just, um, has has slipped, uh, you know, between the cracks, beneath the radar. I'm I'm mixing metaphors here. But, uh, <laughs> between <you know. laughs> the cracks sounds weird, dude. Sorry. Um,
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I I've added this to my list. I'm keeping a running list of, of of shit that the DOJ does that I like and shit that they've done that I do not like. Yeah. And it's like eighty six to five right now. Um. So I'll keep sharing that list. Uh. Although you know, and I, we will talk about this in a minute this uh the bannon thing yep. um that we can talk
1: and but, that's look that's real i i do not understand anyway <laughs> yeah that i don't want to i don't want to do steal some thunder <laughs>
0: yeah no no thunder stealing here i just wanted to kind of tell you this is a cleanup in canada this isn't cleanup Ooh. on aisle 45 um <laughs> but uh i had i just wanted All to right, change you so <laughs> I, I have canada envy today andrew Because in one of her first acts as Canada's new defense minister, Anita Anand announced today she's transferring the investigation and prosecution of sexual misconduct cases in the Canadian military, the Canadian forces, to the civilian justice Uh, system.
1: Yeah. Uh, Here in the U.S., we have been trying to pass legislation. Kirsten Gillibrand has been uh, a strong advocate for that. That has 66 co-sponsors In the Senate. And yes, you heard that correctly. Sixty six co-sponsors in the Senate uh, that would transfer prosecution of sexual misconduct and other serious crimes out of the hands of commanders and into a separate office at the Pentagon.
0: Yeah. For a very long time, we wanted it to be into the civilian. And then they were like, that's never going to happen. Let's just give them kind of their (laughs) own. What do you think we are, Canada? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, hoser. Um, So, you know, but, you know, then they sort of compromised and they were like, all right, well, we'll just kind of make our own little DA's office inside the Pentagon. Like, you know, and that's where we'll do it. We'll take it out of the at least out of the chain of command. Right. Yeah. And we've been trying to pass that legislation Um, for, for so long, but that bill was blocked by a Democrat named Jack Reed from Rhode Island who wanted the legislation to go through his committee armed forces and be part of the NDAA national defense authorization act, which is still being marked up and in committee. And it's going to be there for a long time. And they wanted to do that instead of letting it be a standalone bill. Um, and like I said, it's been 10 years we've been pushing this bill and now that we have enough votes, we still can't get it done. So I have candidate envy today, Andrew.
1: I'm, I'm with you, uh, And the fact that we can't get, you know, a a step closer, uh, I I think is, is a fair and legitimate outrage of, uh, this just seems whenever you have, uh, something that can do real good for real people, um, but, but you know, break it out, make the, make it a separate bill. You know, to do, do a a smaller version of what you were able to do on infrastructure, right? That and, sixty-six
0: uh, senators are on board to, there to you pass. Go. I mean, it's an easy W. Yep. Um, and speaking of easy W's, uh, <laughs> Ooh, I want to nice go back transition. <laughs> to transition. I want to go back to Bannon um, because. <sighs> uh it's been over two weeks yeah. we don't have a lot of precedent okay to be honest we don't have the last thing we talked about 1983 was the last time congress made a criminal referral contempt uh, contempt of Congress, criminal referral to the Department of Justice. In that time, the Department of Justice took nine days to indict. They lost the case, by the way. Maybe yeah. if they had taken a few, a little more time <laughs> to to do discovery and to to th- think about motions and, and how they're going to respond to them and, and think about how they might respond to a request for a speedy trial, because he gets that, Bannon, we get that, but... Uh, And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Merrick Garland came out today and said, I'm still considering it. So he he basically said he he hasn't declined to prosecute. uh, Yeah. Big. (laughs) Uh, But like, why, you know, and I heard rumors, uh, Andrew, that the Department of Justice wanted to wait to see about a ruling uh, about legislative purpose for the January 6th committee before it did this. Because, you know, Andrew, whether you do it before or after, you're going to have to let the courts decide if there's a legislative purpose for Bannon's testimony, whether you whether you indict him and he files a motion to dismiss and the court has to decide, or whether you wait for a ruling and then indict him. You've got to wait for the courts to decide on a legislative purpose because that's what Bannon's defense is going to be.
1: You do, but I, but I want to take a... Uh, 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 an educated and informed swing at Merrick Garland here. And that is in, in the scope of the overall connection between the DOJ and the one six committee. Um, Because we learned today as we record this on a Monday uh, that the one six committee has issued six more subpoenas to Trump's inner circle, right? Bill Stepien, Jason Miller, Uh, Angela McCallum, who was the national executive assistant to the campaign. John Eastman uh, of Federalist Society Infamy, who uh, wrote the uh, playbook for the insurrection. Michael Flynn, uh, who needs no introduction. Uh, And Giuliani hitman Bernie Carrick. Um, (laughs) Those six got subpoenas from the one six committee. And I would kind of like for Steve Bannon to be in handcuffs uh when those subpoenas arrive on those desks because yes. each and every one of those assholes is going to think about uh asserting executive privilege uh Trump is uh, you know he doesn't have to call them to say right like he's been out in public saying you know everybody should just claim executive privilege because you know he he barely knows what either of those two words mean um and and i would like it to be clear uh that there are consequences for telling the United States Congress no, uh, when they subpoena you. Um, and, and, uh, and, and, and the fact that it has to go to a court either way, uh, is not a sufficient argument in my mind, right? Like I, I would have liked to have seen that indictment come out, you know, two days out of the box. Like, no, you don't, you don't get to do that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, my my position is to indict and then go through the process. I, I am in favor of that because waiting up front for that to happen, uh, I think, undermines the, the the inherent power of Congress to be able to subpoena what? people. Uh, and, you know, they gave them until uh, November 29th to produce documents. And uh, the depositions happened at the last week of November, first week of December. I And I i think we will see a bannon indictment prior to those dates uh being required and the reason i say that isn't because I, you know i'm just like this isn't back in the muller she wrote days where i'm doing a fantasy indictment league just <laughs> just throwing the dice out there and fucking hoping uh but like i said garland said today he's still considering it so he hasn't yeah. taken it off the table and barb mcquade Actually said, you know, the longer this takes, the better it is. The, the that we will see an indictment because, again, pre-trial, to, pre-trial motions to consider, they have to um, it, do discovery, you know, they, et cetera, et cetera, and and get ready for prepare for a speedy trial. So, and 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 I hate to, to say this, but the the last time this happened and they did it in nine days flat, they lost. So. <laughs> uh, it.
1: Uh- those are fair points. And I agree with you that um, if uh, if an indictment comes down while, you know, responses from these folks are pending, um, you know, it, it it might put some urgency behind it. It certainly would set the precedent that says, yeah, no, you know, if uh, Bill Stepien thinks that, you know, he can tell Congress to, you know, go screw itself, uh, he's got another thing coming. And um, and that's what I want to see.
0: Yeah, me, too. And I I have to say that I don't think the January 6th committee would have issued these subpoenas unless they had some sort of uh, faith that. That there would be a, a Bannon indictment, honestly, uh, because and these, I, I, these I are smarter right. people. These are yeah. smarter people than me. And that was in my mind, You, because I, I tweeted a couple days ago, they aren't going to be able to subpoena jack shit until Bannon is in handcuffs, because yeah. otherwise nobody's going to da da da. So yeah. I, I happen to think that and they have been working with the January 6th uh, committee and the DOJ has been communicating together. I think they might know that there's a Bannon indictment coming down and that's purely speculative and they aren't supposed to talk about that, even if they could. Uh, <laughs> but I think that the just the issuance of these indictments because these are definitely recalcitrant witnesses, uh, but just the issuance of these indictments kind of indicates that at least Benny Thompson and the committee Raskin Schiff have confidence that Bannon will be indicted.
1: I I I agree with that thought process. I I think that's I think that's well thought out, and and I, I think those are good points. So
0: you've uh, you. you've
1: talked me you've talked me off the ledge a little bit. I, I want to also talk about you you were discussing the the legislative purpose case which is before judge chuckin um and we are waiting for uh, a ruling which will come out the day after the show drops, because of course it will. Um,
0: it, <laughs> Although it, that would only give him if he if she ruled against an injunction, that would only give him one day before Nara starts. Hand do they do they call it Nara? Just call it the National Archives uh, before they have to start handing the stuff over. They don't have to, but they said we're going to start handing this over on Friday if you tell us, unless you tell us not to. <laughs> so yeah, that wouldn't yeah. give much time. Uh, uh, it
1: it that case is fascinating. Um, in, in, (laughs) we learned more about what the one six commission requested from, you know, Trump's request for an injunction to say, oh, please don't let them, you know, get at my files, uh, including the draft text of a presidential speech for January 6th, 2021, a uh, handwritten list of potential or scheduled briefings and telephone calls concerning election issues. A draft executive order concerning election integrity. Um, these are, uh, and again, we've we've talked about it, um, and 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 you've talked about Jamie Raskin serving on that committee. Um, we've said this before. One of the things that Democrats did exceptionally well in the second impeachment uh, was telling the story. Uh, of the incitement to insurrection and connecting the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters to the White House, uh, and um, it 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 seems like you know the the folks who understood that that happened uh, have not taken their foot off the gas.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's when it's amazing how little information we had during yep. that second impeachment. Versus what we have today and that this isn't just top line news every day. We had an architect, John Eastman, talk about Pence throwing away electors for seven states. Then we have Jeffrey Clark, who testified, well, testified in quotes, <laughs> Friday to the committee. He didn't tell him anything. At least he showed up because he didn't want to get arrested. Uh, although we haven't seen that that's what's actually going to happen. But it will, I swear. All right. Um So he comes in, but he writes letters to those seven states saying, we found election fraud. You need to appoint us an alternate slate of electors so that when, you know, Pence throws out the electors, we have Trump electors or it takes some everybody down below 270 and we throw it to the House. Uh, et, cetera, et cetera. so there was and then of course Eastman tries to downplay like I wasn't I was just joking around and but then <laughs> there's you know all sorts of evidence video of taped evidence that he yep. was not definitely not joking around and now we've got these subpoenas for the war room where they ta- tried to talk about it and I thought it was really interesting with the Chutkin case Andrew that the National Archives filed uh, and then uh, the House Doug letter filed Mm-hmm. In this in this executive privilege case, which is more of a legislative purpose case, because legislative purpose, Trump has been successful with that in the yep. Mazars, in the in the House Ways and Means tax returns thing, uh, and so, but also the Department of Justice filed. In support of the National Archives. And nobody really kind of went over this, but I found it very, very interesting that they dedicated an entire page almost of it to Bannon. Yeah. And how he wanted to, he was in charge of the war room and wanted to stop the electoral count. And right around that same time, a bunch of news stories came out that said the January 6th committee was looking to. Uh, change and shore up the electoral count act particularly the role the vice president takes when they certify the electoral votes and that it is purely ministerial and that the vice vice president can't come in and throw out electors etc which gives them a legislative purpose to help sort of shore this up and i feel like a, a ruling in the chudkin case is also gives a legislative purpose to anyone that the committee wants to subpoena uh it, not yep. the Chutkin case I should say the trump case because right, right. It, they talk about the uh, overthrowing the the thing and they t- they mention Bannon and they mention Eastman by name so it would definitely at least give it in the Bannon and Eastman cases but but DOJ might not even be making those considerations like barb McQuaid said today they might just be going through all of the pre pre trial motions anticipatory things and discovery and and taking a long time doing that there might not even they might not even be waiting for a ruling in the Chutkin case on legislative purpose I,
1: yeah, I I hate being in the dark. Um I mean I I'll say a couple of things, right? First is um historically legislative purpose has been interpreted incredibly broadly um and and is part of the inherent powers of Congress. Um the the second is uh it, it seems to me that the nexus is particularly strong here because you y- you now have out in the open it, it, it is I mean, if you don't think Republicans in Republican controlled states are going to appoint multiple slates of electors in 2024, then, I, you know, I I want to come live with you in 1956 or wherever. You, right. Like it, it is. <laughs> but that's that will happen. It is epistemically certain that that will now be added to the playbook uh, because, you know, we've we've seen. Uh, those officials lament that they didn't think about doing it uh in in 2020. And so, you know, it's gonna be crucial to fight that at the state level. Uh, we're not gonna get a lot of relief uh from uh from federal courts um, you know, uh, in in 2024. Uh and um and there is a legitimate ambiguity uh in the electoral count like everybody says that, right? Like every, every uh, official you know but including people like John Eastman right have 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 said uh yeah well you know nobody really knows what what XYc means so you know providing congressional guidance to what that means is you know a core function of the House of Representatives and um I I would be I would be stunned if the case goes the other way but you know I've I've been stunned in the past five years, but (laughs) I know
0: I I, I would say, um, you know, just write up an office of legal counsel memo. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Democrats are the only ones who follow those. (laughs) (laughs) Democrats and Mueller. Um, uh, Anyway, Uh, (laughs) here's hoping and we'll see. But my beans are on the cuffs getting slapped on Bannon before. The subpoenas have to be responded to by this latest batch. That's my personal belief.
1: I I I love that. My beans are uh, on Thursday. Uh, Judge Shutkin is going to rule that uh, there was a valid legislative purpose uh, in uh, subpoenaing the documents from the uh, National Archives. So can she rule the, on the
0: merits in an, in a motion for injunctive relief? So
1: no. Uh, but uh, remember that one of the burdens that you must carry. Uh, is likelihood is you could of success win on, the merits. on yeah. the merits, right? So it is as a as a lawyer, you know, that you get certain signals when you move for injunctive relief. Uh, the court can tell you kind of what they what they view on that. Now sometimes courts are candid, right, and they will say, you know, we thought this was a close question on the likelihood of success on the merits, and we went over year over year. But when a court says we find that the you know defendants are highly likely to win. On, you know, uh, on the merits.
0: Well, that, that,
1: that that's going to be the judge that you're litigating the merits in front of that. That usually tells you something. So,
0: yeah. And that was the, that was what I was hearing from the Department of Justice. They wanted a ruling on. Legislative purpose uh, or that they were thinking about it. And and I have I've been saying that whatever Judge Chutkin decides, (laughs) her ruling will make that determination, even though it's not on the merits. It'll be in the it'll be in the ruling. And I think that when she does rule, because she will that there was a legislative purpose here, uh, even if she has to get into the weeds and talk about the Electoral Count Act or whatever. Uh, but I, I just liked her. Hey, th- that it's the building that was attacked. Do They have the right to look into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever, her, whatever her decision or her reasonings for the decision are, it's going to be that there was a legislative purpose. And I have been saying that that will clear the way for a ban and indictment. And we're going to get it this week. Not the indictment, but the ruling. All right. all right all right those are my beans those are my totally non-lawyer 10 years as a comedian beans all right we have a great comings and goings i'm very excited about this one it's very important and awesome so we're going to take a quick break and be right back stay with us Wacky Waving Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube Man Wacky Waving Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube Man Wacky Waving Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube Man Hi, I'm
1: Al Harrington, President and CEO of Al Harrington's Wacky Waving Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube Man Emporium and Warehouse Thanks to a shipping error, I am now currently overstocked on Wacky Waving Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube men, And I am passing the savings on to you! Attract customers to your business. Make a splash at your next presentation. Keep grandma company. Protect your crops. Confuse your neighbors. African American, hail a cab. Testify in church or just raise the roof. Whatever your wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man needs are. So come on down to Al Harrington's wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man emporium and warehouse. Route 2 in Weekapog! Welcome back. And in comings and goings, as Allison has teased, we have some notable comings for this week. Some historical firsts, as well as uh, somebody who has an awful lot of work on his plate for day one. Uh, Where do you where do you want to start?
0: Let's start with the uh, awful lot of work on his plate from day one, fella. (laughs) And these are pretty big boots on the ground, right? Matthew Graves yep. took office on Friday, November 5th, as the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia, where, you know, there's about five or 600 pending insurrectionist cases, in addition <laughs> to everyone else's regular job prosecuting crimes in D.C. Uh, this is the nation's largest U.S. attorney's office, even when one... Uh, of our two major political parties is not involved in plotting the overthrow of democracy. As we know it, the courts are very backed up, Yeah, but this is, this is who would be looking at the leaders of the, with people like, why aren't they in, investigating Donald Trump for deciding the coup? This is who would do that. This is also, by the way, the guy who would uh, investigate and or charge on those good old Mueller, obstruction of justice charges that occurred in the district of Columbia. So yep. this is my new f- favorite or <laughs> least favorite guy in the world. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, well
1: his his fortunes will rise and fall based on what he does. Um I I I agree this is this is really really significant. You are absolutely correct just to point out um the the you know we 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 now have somebody in the big chair, right? Graves, right? He's 45. He was previously I know he was previously at the U.S. attorney's office in D.C. for a decade uh, before beating a hasty retreat in 2016. So good call on that one, Matt. He he
0: went
1: he went into private practice. He went to D.L.A. Piper, which is a mega firm with a billion lawyers uh, in D.C. Was a partner, you know, made a good chunk of money. Um, uh, J.D. from Yale. So, uh, you know, whatever. Um, that's okay, I guess.
0: Well, we know his, that if he doesn't go after the obstruction of justice charges in the Mueller case, it's because yeah. of the Yale. Thing. Yeah. Well, right.
1: <laughs> and in his last go round, if you're trying to read some tea leaves, he was the chief of the fraud and public corruption section. Hmm. And you might ask yourself why, uh, this administration would want somebody in a high profile position with a long record of prosecuting public officials in high profile corruption cases. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean yeah. I could be could be coincidence but I'm sure. you know like yeah, like we said in the last section you know if you if you uh if you have somebody who has successfully prosecuted a RICO case they kind of turn around and look at uh every subsequent white collar criminal case and go is this a, is this a good fit for RICO and and if you have somebody who has um a decade worth of prosecuting public officials um this is not typically somebody that's like eh come on what you going to do so
0: uh, you know yeah, I, so I have I, hopes i have i hopes. i do too another sign that biden is not about, you know, just looking forward and annoying. everyone keeps sharing that article from November about Biden saying we just want to move forward. That was before the insurrection. Biden has been very clear and outspoken that he doesn't want to let Donald off the hook. Uh, and I think that this particular public corruption expert nomination to the to the DCAS uh, D.C. U.S.A.O. Is, is kind of a <laughs> uh, to me. But, you know, we'll see. Who knows? I, we'll see. That's right. Uh, but I have to share how proud I am that Biden nominated. Uh, And now the Senate has confirmed Beth Robinson to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. She will be the first openly LGBTQ plus woman to serve on any federal district court. And I love that both the Biden press release and the news outlets covering her story have used the adjective openly because, you know, (laughs) the alternative isn't what we've had 200 plus years of complete heterosexuals. (laughs) Yeah, right. I can't. I can guarantee you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, that's that's an outstanding point. Look, that vote was 51 to 45. That is two Republicans in support. Murkowski and Collins. That should not be a surprise. Joining every Democrat except Kirsten Gillibrand, who who legitimately couldn't make it. I mean, it would have obviously been a uh, uh, been a yes vote. There were three non-voting Republicans, including Marco Rubio, because, you know, like, why would Marco Rubio start doing his job now? Mm. Um, You know, that 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 hasn't hurt him so far. And uh... Voters in Florida keep reelecting the guy who hates doing his job, but whatever. Anyway, in the part I always like to say in the segment, Robinson uh, spent 10 years on the Vermont Supreme Court. So, you know, it's not like she's not ridiculously qualified to serve on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. So uh, welcome aboard. And uh, I mean, truly historic uh, Mm -hmm. moment. And regardless of how you're feeling politically, like, um, you know, should take 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 a take a second. Uh, And be proud of uh, this administration and and this country for uh, for moving in the right direction.
0: Absolutely. And up next in shade of the day um, (laughs) and or sticking it to the last guy news, the new head of the Census Bureau is Robert Santos, a Latino. Who becomes the first person of color and by definition, the first Hispanic to hold the job. (laughs) He's a statistician, chief methodologist and vice president at the Urban Institute and the president of the American Statistical Association. So probably reasonably good with numbers. (laughs) And of course, freaking out MAGA idiots everywhere. Santos's term runs through 2026 and will oversee the run up to the 2030 census. But, you know, Republicans will still try and break it after Santos's team expires. So don't do something dumb like vote for Jill Stein in 2028. OK, thank you.
1: Here, here. And and just just a uh, couple quickies. quickies. Uh, welcome to some more nominees. Um, Laura Farnsworth Dogu, who is the nominee for Ambassador Extraordinary and Plenipotentiary to the Republic of Honduras. And Kenneth Weinstein, nominee for Undersecretary for Intelligence and Analysis at uh, Department of Homeland Security. So uh, welcome aboard to the two of them again, you know, slowly but surely filling out the executive branch um, doesn't doesn't help that, uh, you know, you have a a full court press trying to slow everything down in the Senate. But um, we'll uh, we'll continue to tell you as these uh, spots get filled.
0: Yeah. And we had another big one, too. Uh, Attorney General Garland swore in Matthew Olson as assistant attorney general for um, the National Security Division. And that's big. Absolutely right? Yeah, that's that big. Is. Hampton yep. Dellinger as assistant attorney general for the office of legal policy. And Christopher Schroeder as the assistant attorney general for the office of legal counsel. Oh, the good OLC. <laughs> <laughs> right. Come on. Time to start
1: writing some letters. Chris. Okay.
0: <laughs> so his name is Schroeder. And so I just want to, I just want to, I picture him at that little piano, the peanuts <laughs> Schroeder, <laughs> like just typing up OLC memos instead of playing songs. Oh, um, and this week peanuts, also
1: a peanuts joke. That's, that's really what's going to get. <laughs> With our uh, you know, Gen Y audience
0: here. <laughs> yes, youngins welcome. <laughs> <Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na>. <laughs> 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 that's what we sound like to Gen Y, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh this week, President Biden announced his ninth round of nominees for federal judicial positions too, and that has brought the number of announced federal judicial nominees to sixty-two. So that's also some good. News. So, yay, everybody, welcome, welcome please um i think we're all i think we're out of goings you know this should just be called the coming section uh, I, I i think
1: that's right although uh, you know uh, we could uh, reconstitute the uh, usps board and kick out dejoy that would be a uh yeah worthwhile goings so.
0: apparently two of the people uh, their their terms are up on december 8th and that'll uh, open up two spots um that, that would sure be nice wouldn't it yeah and we just got a fire to joy i don't know i maybe it's just not a priority i don't know but we need to do that we need to forgive student debt for everyone fifty thousand. Uh, there's just a bunch, there's a bunch of stuff we need to do. Uh, and I, I'm assuming some of these things that are going to be amazing, uh, instant amazing things for Americans will wait until the midterms, close to the midterms. I think they'll wait till they're politically advantageous. Although student loans are coming due in January. So yeah, people have to start making payments again.
1: That would do a lot of good for a lot of people. So, uh, let's, let's keep our eyes open.
0: Definitely would. And we'll clean up more stuff next week. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: No, just that uh, love, love doing the show, love being back in the saddle, and um, and this, as always, was was fantastic.
0: Yes, absolutely. I truly did miss you while you were gone, and I missed you uh, too. I'm, I'm so glad that you're back. And we're going to keep doing this, and hopefully, in the next month or two, there'll be some serious, uh, serious deck swabbing going on in aisle 45. We'll see. But anyway, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks so much. I've been Allison Gill. I'm Andrew Torres, and this is Clean Up on Aisle 45.